previously on Quest Friends. Yeah, so this is the heart of Charmande. This power is everything, and we've been using it to make the most amazing things, like uh, a purplish reddish substance that looks almost like a swarm of locusts. So Shock is breathing heavily, uh, and his first instinct is to reach out with his mind to the machines nearby, and particularly looking for Misha. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all my fault. I'm sorry. I don't know where the others are, and I- We're gonna find the others. I'm sure they're okay. We're both okay. Everyone will be okay. You realize, Misha, <laughs> you don't remember anything. It happened again! No! Reality is malleable. What we think of as real is only what can be found within what our words and our senses tell us. And considering how both perception and language ebb and flow like water on a stormy day, reality rarely persists in one state longer than a few moments. That being said, there are some aspects of reality that maintain relatively firm stability. For example, what counts as a floor or a wall. And all of this philosophic waxing it's just a fancy way of saying that Jock and Hop, you're really fucking surprised when gravity seems to shift from pointing down to pointing towards the wall. And you, Jesse, Joe, Don, and Unconscious Farah, and Hop's boots are all thrown against it. As you hit the wall, the lights in the fluorescent prison kind of wrap around it like they did when uh, you were trying to escape earlier, Hop. The lights in the fluorescent prison are crackling and beating against the wall like a prisoner stuck behind glass. It's not just waiting for you to move anymore. It's actively reaching around your clothing, uh, crawling higher and higher while wailing with electric energy. That's not good. Okay, so if, like, we just try to move out of it, what happens? Like, Hop's just done. Whatever is connected against the wall, I don't really care if it's, like, you landed on your feet or you landed on your back. Whatever it is, is firmly connected. Okay. And it doesn't look like slipping out of your clothes is going to fix it this time. Ah, uh, boo! That was my next... I, that was what I was going to do. Well, Shock will do what I had sort of been trying to do at the end of last session uh, and reach out to um, Shanna again. Shauna. Oops. <laughs> Shauna... Yes, the name I said the first time. I can't add it around everything, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> um, I reach out and say, Shauna, can you please hurry back? We seem to all be stuck on the walls of this room. As you come in, uh, you could have faintly heard her saying to herself, Oh no, 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 no. Uh, yes, yes, of course, I can certainly help with that. Uh, and within moments, you see her plop down now to what's essentially the ceiling above you. And she slams her hand uh, against the wall like she did earlier to deactivate the floor. And after a couple of harrowing moments where the light seems to get stronger and stronger, the lights on the ceiling and the floor and the walls all turn off. And you are all still stuck against the wall because that's where it's not gravity, but essentially where what it feels like gravity is pushing you, but you're no longer stuck there. So that's, that's a bonus. Hmm. Okay, that's a plus. Can I put my shoes back on? Uh, you absolutely can put your shoes back on. I'm gonna put my shoes back on. Roll me a 1d6. 1d6. 
Two. Two? Two. Yeah, you accidentally, uh, because there are so many people against the wall, you accidentally step on Jacques' wrist while trying to put on your shoes. <laughs> oh! Sorry! Sorry, sorry! I'm just, I'm just trying to get my shoes. Ow! Sorry! Am I wearing my robes now? Am I wearing any clothes at all now? I can't You're remember. You're wearing Misha's robes. I'm wearing Misha's clothes, that's right. Yeah, you slipped into Misha's clothes last session. So I hear you got into Misha's pants. <laughs> Probably pretty big for you. <laughs> oh! Oh. Uh, oh. I, didn't, I didn't mean to do it like that. I just meant to say that he's really, they're really tall and suck his Let brother. it be known, dear listener, that Tom is very upset right now. <laughs> I'm not upset. I just have a comeback. I didn't mean to say that way. I just meant that, he's, that they're really tall and suck his brother. Anyways, yes, uh, you're wearing Misha's clothing. It's the answer to your question. Okay. Shock takes the annex. And then asks Shauna, so I've only seen part of this place. Where where do we go to find our friends and leave? Oh, no, 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 don't don't touch that. Here, I'll, uh, and she starts climbing down and she starts reaching towards Annex. And she's like, here, I'll, I'll, I'll handle that. You don't want. No, and Shock will pocket it as best he can in, in Misha's pockets. Okay, uh, your guests here. And that's a very important thing to, to help save. You know, lots of people, so if I could just, uh, have that. Shot continues just staring blankly. We need to leave this place now. Could you tell us where we go to leave? Ah, okay, okay. Well, what does Vera think? She's usually better at thinking in the scenarios than I am. Vera's a little indisposed right now. Vera asked us to pick it up. Right before she fell asleep. That is a true thing. She fell asleep. <laughs> Shauna's gonna look at you, and she's gonna get visibly nervous, and she's gonna start backing up, and she's gonna be like, Okay, uh, I think I understand now. And Shock says this with his, uh, his machine connection, his telepathic connection. These organics are really so strange. I don't really get their weird functions. The reason my friends and I came here is because we had an important meeting with Vera and we needed to, to get a hold of the annex. And Shock will like start moving towards what used to be the door, I guess. I guess it's now like a hole in a wall. Give me give me a roll for Yeah. Pleasant social interaction. Oh no. Ah, but but with a machine. With a machine. Which I'm 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 trained in that I think. Let's let's take a look. Oh, yeah, but you're going to take a couple penalties, because you're acting sketchy as fuck. Mm-hmm. Okay, admittedly, difficult, difficult. I could have done better. Mm, it's, it's fine. I don't... Let's spend... Let's... Ah, my ciphers. Do you still want me to roll for my lie? Uh, if you want to lie, then yes. I kind of just want to use the beanie. You want to use the beanie. It has two ro- long ropes that tie things together. Maybe just machines? Hard to tell. <laughs> I forgot about the beanie. Are you going to strangle Shauna? But she's a, she's a robot. How would you strangle her? No, I just wanted to like... You remember what it was trying to do to that rock, right? It was trying to wrap up that whole rock as hard as it could. Well, not the rock. The piece of machinery, it was trying to tangle itself around that piece of machinery really fucking hard. Oh, because, like, I didn't write that down, so all I remembered was ties things up. 
<sighs> okay, let's roll to lie. How? What? Um, can I, I have... leverage any skills in this situation? I've got. No, wait one second. Hallie might want to take over a sentient creature's being. Yeah, I have machine control implant, like on a moral scale. <laughs> we should probably resolve the the roll because I already said things. Yeah, that's fair. Let's resolve the roll quickly. Okay, okay. Communicating with automatons. I'm trained in that. So one step easier from that. One step harder from all imp rolls being fucked. Can I spend two levels of effort? So it'll be two steps easier in total based on my inabilities uh, and skills. No, it'll be minus one because you're, you acted sketchy as shit. Okay. So it'll be plus one total. That's fine. A 17. Uh, she is going to look at you and look back at Vera and look at you. I, uh... I need to check something. Oh, no. And like that, she is going to extend one of her arms, grab the door, and scurry out of the room. We should leave this room quickly. Agreed. Come on, everybody. Uh, should we do anything with Vera? Well, we can't just leave her here. Mm. I guess we can't. Mm. Oh, hey, how... Mm-mm. I still have the beanie. Oh, what is what does that do? Would it, like, like hold on to her? Kind of like, like a little kind of person holder that we could use to carry her with? It might be a, li- a, a little bit too intense for that. Will Vera stay knocked out down here the whole time we'll be gone? I don't know. We can't just leave her down here. This whole thing is falling apart. It's falling apart? Yeah, it, you hear a very harsh rumble and you hear very harsh screeching as if this thing is being pushed to its limits. Oh, huh. Well, that changes things. An explorer's pack doesn't have, like, rope in it, does it? It does. It does? Can we? Can I just take rope and then, like, bind her and then we can just drag her along with us? Okay. Who's gonna carry her? How heavy is she? Uh, I mean, she's a pretty thin woman. Okay. She's very tall, though, so, like, eh? Eh? Let's do 170? Let's make her 170. I think that might be heavier than me, even. That, I think, is heavier than Hopper is. Uh, I'll give it a go. Can I try? Well, there are, like, four people down here, so can I signal to Jesse and ask them to help me? Like, if one of us takes her shoulders and one of us takes her feet. Jesse will be a little bit reluctant and say, I don't see how this is necessary, but okay. <laughs> We're just trying to be careful, Jesse. Shock will try to pull Don out of the room as well. Like a pouty child, he will slowly follow you wherever you go. Oh, he's not unconscious? For some reason, I thought he was. No, he was just he was just sitting against the wall being a mopey mope, being like, oh, well, guess it's time to die. <laughs> Are you going to get up and walk, Don? Fine. I hate all of you, though. I hope you know this. Okay. Every single one. Oh, okay. Especially her. Okay. But especially you. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's fair. I guess we head off down the hallway in the direction Vera came from. All right, so you climb onto the walls of the main hallway. Most of the experiments have been thrown from their containers and are now engaging in a colorful assortment of generally deadly reactions. Shona is decisively scurrying from experiment to experiment, pulling various components together into a crude Numenera device and kind of just being super frazzled. Like you can even see little sparks coming out. Uh, And Jesse turns over to you and says, Should we help her? Shauna, you know this place is collapsing, right? You'll be destroyed if you stay here. And and this will be telepathic again. Stop going into my head! I Yes, I know that! What do you think? She points to the, the gun. What do you think I'm doing? I gotta go down and, and stop it before the entire energy is going down. This thing can produce all the energy at once, but it can't handle this much. I gotta go go turn it off. Is it possible for you to do that? Well... 
I mean, this is this is everything, so I, I gotta try. What will happen if it's destroyed? It's not. It's not gonna be. It's not gonna be destroyed. But what would happen? It's not gonna be. It's not gonna be destroyed. And she just she's holding up a finger as she walks away as she starts running down the hallways. It's not gonna be destroyed. That's not gonna happen. Shock just sort of looks back at Hop and says, "I don't know if we can fix this." I think you're right. I don't know what we would do if we stayed. I think we need to get out. I want to try to contact Misha again. Does it work? It does not. In fact, it seems that since you were thrown against the walls, whatever is blocking out the data sphere has gotten stronger. Oh! oh. <laughs> uh, Scotch, how, how do we get out of here and, and find everyone else? I don't know <laughs> where to go. Proper. Uh. <laughs> Wait, uh, Jesse knows, and Joe. Yeah, Joe is still with us, right? Yeah, yeah, I know the way out. We gotta go this way. And Joe's gonna just give a thumbs up and then <laughs> use his finger to point in the direction Jesse is already running. Now, with, I'm assuming Jesse has Vera's legs, so now they are running with Vera's legs. Uh, Hopper has the head, so he's just running to, to like, Yeah, and, like, you probably almost drop her for a second as Jesse just starts running. You all run through the hallways, uh, and you climb through the doorway that Jacques used to originally enter this hallway in the first place. Now Jacques, when you first entered, the top of this tower seemed unreachably high, but with your new shift in perspective, it seems like it's a reasonable horizontal walk away. Although it is admittedly hard to tell, as you're immediately pelted by a whirlwind of gifts and garbage swirling down from the pit in the ceiling into the depths of Charmande's heart. Are those your friends? Mr. Mako's muffled voice calls down to Misha and Everett, who are being dragged at the wrist by Ellie. <laughs> now, when you first overloaded the power to the heart of Charmande, things seemed relatively simple. Oh no! Sure, you were now running on the walls, but that made your way up to the exit easier. Within moments, however, the heart needed fuel to maintain its high movement, and Charmande's garbage pit opened up, letting loose a torrent of random objects. With no other clear option than to follow Mako as he sprinted up the walls, you've been running for several seconds now before he calls out to you and points out a cluster of individuals a few dozen feet in front of you. Ellie, you see Jesse, a really buff, sexy version of Hopscotch's body, but with a lizard head. An unconscious Vera, who's just kind of being dragged by Jesse and uh, Hop. And then you see a small robot with kind of like an eggshell uh, hat rushing downwards further into the heart of the Charmande. So rushing down from the direction you came. Misha, you see... Misha, you see two figures. And when you see them, they immediately feel recognizable to you somehow. And instinctually, you notice yourself pulling up your scan ability to take a little bit of a scan of them. The first one you see is you see this figure with this wide-brimmed uh, duster hat. And when you try to pull it up, it pulls up the name Simon. But then everything gets kind of fuzzy for a second and glitches. And this name Simon just starts repeating over and over again until your entire vision is just Simon, 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 at least like five dozen Simons. Right. There is one spot, however, where you don't see that name. And that's where you see this other figure wearing a long brown coat, a pretty lean, pretty tall figure, but not quite as tall as you. 
when you look up this figure, the name Misha Jarvis with a question mark shows up. <laughs> what do you all do? <laughs> I want to yell up to them, did you miss us? Hey! Oh! Ellie, Misha Jarvis, you're alive. Yeah, we're alive. Are you guys okay? M- Misha is just going to slowly approach both of them slowly, and then they are going to look at Hub and say, Salutations, Simon, Simon, Simon. My name is, and then they are going to introduce themselves. Then they are going to look at Shock really confusedly and and just not say it. Just say, like, Salutations, s- and then it's just going to like kind of be overwhelmed and not say anything. Just look at Shock really confusedly for a second and then divert their gaze. Shock is horrified and tries to telepathically connect. Are you all right? Are you fine? Misha is going to be startled by suddenly hearing Shock and be like, are, are you my thoughts? How are you? Do you remember anyone named Shock? Misha is going to just stare blankly at him. Oh. Um, <laughs> As this happens, you're going to hear um, the scraping and rumbling is going to happen again. And far below, you can hear Shauna go, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, I'm coming! And Jesse is going to be like, uh, so we should go? Yes, Jesse, I absolutely agree. We should get out of here before the whole thing falls to the ground. Also, hi, Jesse. It's a pleasure to see you again. Hey, Mr. Mako. <laughs> Okay, Hopper's just gonna nod. There's a lot going on. Um, okay, we should figure everything out after we run out of here. So Shock staggers back a couple of steps after his little talk with Misha, uh, and stares blankly into space for a second, and then says, I, I don't think I can leave Shauna behind. We ruined everything again, didn't we? Uh, Mr. Mako is gonna look to you as this thing is shaking and garbage is falling down from the sky. I don't know what you're talking about, Jacques. It looks like things are going pretty smoothly to me. <laughs> I would disagree with that. Are you Mr. Mako? Do you know how to fix this thing? Well, I certainly hope I would. I'm the one who broke it. Can it be fixed, though? Look, Mr. Mako, things are falling down. What do you mean you broke it? Can can you fix it? He's gonna sit there and he's gonna look for a moment. Hopperscotch? Hopperscotch. Yeah, Jesse's <laughs> mentioned you. Well, Hopperscotch, you should know better than anyone that when you've got an enemy with a super powerful item, sometimes you just gotta let the whole thing fall apart. <sighs> There's a range of emotions going across <laughs> Hopper's face. He'll look stunned and then really, really sad. And then he's going to turn to Shock and be like, I don't think we can leave Shauna behind either. Uh, Ellie, would you take the other half of Vera that I am holding? I just want to take the whole of Vera from both you and Jesse and just like sling her over my shoulder. You could probably lift the whole of Vera. Not necessarily being super gentle. <laughs> we have to go back down there and get Shauna out then. If anyone else needs to get out first, that's fine. But I'm going back down there. I'm going with you. Mako. You you broke it. Maybe you should get the robot. I think Mr. Mako should probably go back to the surface. If we don't make it out, somebody has to be able to fix what we let loose. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I appreciate your gumption, sir, but no man, woman, child, non-binary individual, non-human individual, or generally sentient life left behind. And Shock will just sort of have set off down because we've already wasted a lot of time while the place falls apart. Yeah, I'm gonna 
follow. I'll look concerned back at Misha and Ellie and then just say like, get everyone else out. Wait, can I, can I just really quickly be like, Don, I'm sorry we got you mixed up with all this. You could go find a better boss. Go have a job that isn't terrible. If you just take everyone else out of here. He's going to look really sad and and confused and conflicted as to why you're being so nice. And he's going to turn over to you, Hop, and he's going to say, well, excuse me, son, I have a, I have a quick question. Did that uh, domestic terrorist recognize you by name? Uh, I guess so. More by reputation, really, than name. <laughs> well, in that case, uh, I, uh, this is this is the only gig I have. If I do this, will uh, will you write me a letter of recommendation? <laughs> yes, I will write you a letter of recommendation. I hopper scotch, point and glance at Joe. We'll write you a letter of recommendation. Well, then I suppose I will, sir. And he's going to give you a little salute. Yay! And he's going to try on upwards with Jesse, Joe, and Vera. What is everyone else doing? Okay, did I set down Vera? Oh, you have did Vera. I, Sorry. I can give him Vera. He's going to try it up with Jesse and, uh, and, and Joe. What I'll, is everyone else going to do? I'll give him Vera, actually. I'm just going to, like, kind of dump her <laughs> over on Dawn instead and be like, look, I don't know if the queen's going to hear it, but... I mean, Vera was the bad guy. Maybe if you take her in, you'll get a promotion? Well, I guess some things change, but usually they stay the same. And with that holding this woman who is too much for him to carry, <laughs> he starts trotting upwards with uh, Jesse and Joe, who you see start to help him out. What is everyone else doing? So while that banter was happening, Shock just went down with one last telepathic message for Tamisha saying, It's okay, Misha Jarvis. I'm not going to die here. I'm going to come back for you. Misha is just going to not, like, just stare without... What is die? It, it's when you don't come back, but I am going to come back. I would certainly like to see you again. Shock, no, you can't do this by yourself. Misha and Ellie, what are you going to do? I want to immediately, like, well, actually, first I want to turn to Misha and say, you don't remember us. You can leave. You can follow them. But I got to go, so. But you you said that I shouldn't just follow individuals previously. My apologies. I, I'm not still quite certain of what actions are required of me. You're all, all the individuals I have known. You're all the humans I have known. And I would rather be with someone that I have known. That's something I have not known. Then uh, let's go. What the fuck happened last session? (laughs) What the fuck is going on? Alright, you all run down. But as you do, you hear Everett, who hasn't moved or been addressed at all. Wait, I thought Everett was going with us. I didn't know Everett was there. (laughs) There are so many people. You hear Everett, who hasn't said anything or been addressed at all, just just kind of like look around really confused and say, but where am I supposed to go? And then you hear a voice from high up say, up here, honey. And Everett starts running up to meet everyone else. Mish is going to be like, all right, am I going to see an individual again? Is he off to die? No, that's what we're off to. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs>
Hi, welcome to the announcement break for episode 14. Yeah, for episode 14. My name is Kyle. We're going to have a subdued announcement break because it's 11.19 p.m. and I'm very tired. Our intro and outro song are Friends and Hitoshio, both by Miracle of Sound. Check out Miracle of Sound. He's pretty cool. This week, your call to action is pretty simple. We have one episode left in the Clockwork City arc, so just finish out the arc with us next week. That's right, because this episode was initially intended to be a one-parter that I had to split in two, and because I was a week late, I've decided to release episode 15, the finale to the Clockwork City arc, next week. The date specifically is Monday, May 14th. I will see you then. Alright, uh, so you all run down, and you are back, uh, eventually at the bottom of the tower. It is burning with this bright blue light, um, and you can feel the heat emanating as the garbage is falling down and falling into this pool, and basically being instantly vaporized, sending jets of, of hot light upwards. And in the center of this area, you see a small platform in the center that has been kind of like charred as if it's been shot with too much energy, and in the middle of it, you see Shauna holding on tight and trying to patch everything together. So Shock is going to run up and start slowly approaching and say, Shauna, please, you have to come with me. And this, this is out loud, not telepathic, since apparently she didn't like that, and I didn't know. Oops. Hey, get get off of there! Shauna, please, you can't fix it. It it won't be fixed. You have to know that. Don't know it until you fail! I don't want you to fail. Please come back with me. You'll need... You'll need time to, to build something new for the city. It's better in the long run, if you're around, to conduct long-term repairs than foolishly wasting your life here. Okay, okay. I've spent 1,000 years working on this, and the second somebody gives me a chance, you things walk in, feel like you can just destroy it, say it's okay, steal my research, and just, and, and just walk away. No, I am going... I'm going to fix it, and I'm going to stay here until it is fixed. Uh, how, how powerful of a thing can I do for two experience, Kyle? A two experience can be used to basically have an insta-roll success. Okay. Shauna, what did you want to do for this city, originally? I, I, you don't just make this, Jacques. You don't run across these things. You don't... It's, this is a once in, in, in a ten, a million, a thousand lifetimes opportunity. We can use this to make things like that. And she points towards um, the pocket where you have Annex. To, 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 to change the world, to make things better for everybody. I have spent so long trying to get this to run. I'm not gonna let you stop me. But it isn't better. This is a weapon. I helped Vera make a weapon. I finished the formula that Mr. Mako had been working on, and Vera is a member of a jagged dream. She wants to bring an unending war to all peoples of the ninth world. That's why we had to take it away. And if this is allowed to continue, Vera and people like her can use this machine to hurt people. We can find a better way, a better way to do this. This might be a one in a thousand lifetime chance, but I've seen just a fraction of the things that are out there across this place, and there are billions of lifetimes worth of treasures out there. It's, it's not as impossible as you think. 
Are you going to use the experience on that speech? I would like to, yes. She's going to lift up her eggshell helmet, and she's going to motion towards the uh, pocket where you have Annex, and just kind of, like, motion for you to give it to her. Please. <sighs> Shock will hand her the Annex. She's going to grab Annex, and she's going to say, Listen, I'm really sorry for this. Oh, this is where I die. This is how I die. Oops. And she's going to reach up, and she's going to very painfully pluck out one of your hairs. And she's going to kind of jimmy her hand to create a tiny little hole where Annex is. And she's going to stick the hair inside. And you just hear this horrible screeching sound as the hair, like, curls up and is just kind of, like, seems to be eating itself from the inside out. And I'm going to justify that by saying, bacteria everywhere, there are probably some on your hair. And she pulls it out, and there's nothing left except for the parts that she was holding in her fingers. And she takes the annex... And she gives it back to you, and she says, Okay, let's go. Okay, hold on tight. Now I would like to far-step the two of us back to the walls. She holds on to you into what could be considered a hug. Aw. And you blip onto the walls. And then Mako, who was just standing there the whole time, turns around and says, Well, things are just going great today. And then everything rumbles and squeaks again. He says, but we really should get going or we are all going to die. Okay. We've said that like three times. <laughs> so you all run up and you reach the top of this tower, but the opening to the pit you fell down is still a long distance above you. As you get up there, Shauna presses herself against the wall and looks over the top of the tower, pointing outwards. You can see from her arm two long triangular platforms, one short, one long. These platforms are connected to the central tower and rotating clockwise at variable speeds between 12 numbered platforms. Shauna grabs onto the longer hand, points to a platform, and says, All right, we have to get to four o'clock. Don't do this to me. Don't do platforming. <laughs> My greatest weakness. All right, so Shauna, and as you can see, Shauna starts climbing down this longer hand. What do the rest of you do? I guess we're gonna follow, follow her, I guess. Yeah. Alright, so you all you all climb technically horizontally, but to you down this hand. And Shauna is like, alright, this is going super fast, but wait, I I have an idea. She takes her leg and you can see parts of her body just kind of move downwards and assemble at her legs and basically make one of her legs a lot longer than it used to be. And this leg hooks onto four o'clock and uh stops the platform in its tracks, which also has the added effect of changing gravity back to being downwards because you no longer have momentum throwing you to the sides. And she goes, okay, 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 uh, just quickly jump over me and get to the platform. Please, please. Shock will go quickly. Yeah. Yep. So you all uh, jump onto the platform and uh, Shauna, with a little bit of struggle, flops backwards onto it and you see the hand of the clock immediately start rotating at really fast speeds. Anyways, you all walk onto the central platform as Shauna rushes you on. Okay, I'm going to have to try to do something a little bit weird, but I think it will work. And in her palm kind of changes so you can see divots of a clock and she starts rotating this clock on the back of her palm. And the platform you're on kind of shuts for a moment before raising up into this small hole above you. 
This platform rises up into the ground, and you find yourself surrounded by lines of light between bands of metal that rotate around you in opposite directions. Eventually, the platform rises into an open space with a dozen statues standing in gravel, each wearing royal garb and striking powerful poses. Far into the distance on one side, you can see the sun setting behind an immeasurably tall natural wall of the basin Charmande resides in. And on the other side, you can make out the top of the Queen's Palace. An alarm is buzzing through the air as the Queen's voice echoes through the gardens, saying, Intruders in my gardens, get them at once and bring them to me. Two more things. Oh no. <laughs> For Misha, once you get out, you feel like it's a little easier to think, and while you still can't remember much of anything, you feel like you should be able to remember things. Mm. You no longer have the extra cost to your esoterics, but you can tell that overriding the Heart of Charmande has created some extra interference that's still blocking out some of the data sphere, even though you're out of essentially the basement. Your Wi-Fi should be working, but it's still not. Oh, that's great. Why are there no bars here? Jacques, you feel this release too. For a second. But then suddenly, your veins seem to rebel against you, and you feel a thousand hands striking at your insides. None of your pools are affected, but you are now impaired. <laughs> and it's time to talk about the damage track, baby! So the way the damage track works is generally, uh, in this case it's a bit different, but generally, if one of your pools is completely emptied, you become impaired, which means each level of effort costs one extra point, and you don't get any major or minor effects for rolling super well. Now if a second pool ends up getting lost, you become debilitated, meaning you can only move, unless your speed pool is empty, in which case you can't really do anything. And if all your pools are dead, uh, you're in one of two conditions. You're either dead as a doornail, or in this game, to make sure we have interesting stories, you might just be basically knocked out and out of commission for the rest of uh, that combat or until you can get healed. But you will be in some way permanently altered or scarred. So it's still really, really, really fucking bad to lose all your pools. You just might not necessarily be <laughs> dead because we need character arcs to happen is it misha at one might i am at one might indeed <laughs> yeah so if it makes you feel better jacques you might have an impaired buddy very soon two of my pools are at two okay so Great. i could be dead with four points of damage oh no jacques is going to stagger a bit and i don't have my staff yet do i or do i yeah you grabbed your staff that was the thing that you saw in the garbage right pit. right 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 well he's gonna lean on his staff a bit and just you okay? I want to toss hop his shield. Yeah, let's say uh, Jacques is just feeling like shit. You're in the middle of an escape sequence and you all just take a moment to be like, oh, is this yours? I found this in the lost and found. Is <laughs> oh, this yours? Uh, oh no, I'm just gonna like throw it. I'm not taking time to hand it over. It's like, if Pop does not catch this shield, it will probably hit him in the face. I'm gonna hand back... Oh, sorry. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead first. Misha, you go. You've been trying to talk. Yeah. No, I just say that Misha's not going to hang it over anything because they don't know that, that <laughs> the thing is not there. So, like, it's, it's, if Hop sees his thing, he has to go get it. Great, which is why Hopper's going to hand Misha the bat and be like, this is yours. It's pretty cool. I used it earlier. Misha's going to grab it and immediately it's going to be kind of taken in by it. And then it's going to be slowly be like, yes, this this is mine. And then kind of have a, a slight smile at it and look at, at Hop and say, thank you, Simon. I don't know how I know it, but I know that this this belongs to me now. He'll just nod at the topper. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, Misha's not handing anything else over, though? Yeah. Okay, if that moment comes up, we'll figure out what Misha has. And as you return each other's gear, you hear a couple of voices arguing a few statues down. I have walked in that palace for years, and there is not a single way to get through it that does not involve us accidentally running into the Gendarme soldiers or her. Listen, Don, I understand. The queen is very passionate about meeting us, which normally would be good, but I feel like might be bad today. I, But that's the most direct way to get from here to not here. That's the most direct way to get from here back to oblivion. And sure enough, when you look over, you see Jesse and Don arguing with each other with Vera by their feet while standing next to the column. Joe's just leaning against it just slightly cooler than Hop ever could. And Everett is sullenly slumped against it. I'm going to look at Everett and say, you can see different realities, right? Does that mean you can, like, see a way out? Or, like, like something use, <sighs> vaguely useful? Don't look at me like that. Do not sigh. <laughs> I will tell Mom. I guess I could. Wait. No, I guess, I guess I could. And he kind of gives a look over to Jesse and gets really excited and is like, yeah, I guess I could. And he starts blinking really rapidly and he's like, all right, all right, all right. I think I got it. And he picks up Vera's feet and says, let's go. And dramatically takes a few steps before like kind of shrinking down with the weight of her on him. I'm going to pat him roughly on the back and just kind of fling Vera back over. I feel like she's going to wake up with like a really sore stomach from getting <laughs> slung over my shoulder. Okay, so you run, Everett leads your way out of the courtyards and eventually you find these stone steps leading up to the hallways of the Queen's Palace. You run through the hallways, you find that elevator you originally took to take to the Queen's chambers, uh, the one that Jacques had his first wonderful hallucination in. Shauna slams her hand onto the pad on the side, and it quickly takes you all down and opens the door out to the main courtyard. So you run back out onto the courtyard of the Queen's Palace, past the Piper, past the Jack, past the Moonlight Dancer, and past the Scrat. As you run, you hear the crowd in front of you scream and rush to the sides, opening a passageway for Mako and Mauve's covered wagon boat to speed through. And at this point, it really does look like a covered wagon. The front deck has been folded up into a driver and passenger seat, much like the horse and buggy, but with the horse replaced by water. Because despite hovering a good foot off the ground, this is still a boat, and it still needs water to move. It's just use Numenera to create a small stream of water hovering loyally beneath it. As this boat comes over, it kind of does like one of those wild drifts to the side, and you hear another triumphant... <laughs> as Treddy just flies out of the back of the covered wagon and rushes towards Mako, who screams, Treddy Bear, I missed you! And gives him a big hug. Uh, and he turns over and points to Mauve, who's in the driver's seat. And my wife, I missed you too! <laughs> Almost just as much! <laughs> Almost. <laughs> I love it! I just want to add that as as he greets Mauve, Ellie looks a little nostalgic. No, it's sad. <laughs> well, anyways, I think it's time for us all to get going. And Mauve turns over and says, Why, yes, I think that would be a very marvelous idea. Marvelous! Hey! hey. I'm just not going to comment that. <laughs>
Actually, fuck it. No, she says that in character. Why, yes, I think that would be a marvelous idea. And she smiles a little bit to herself. All right, uh, what are y'all gonna do? I guess we get on the boat, right? I guess we're getting on the boat. Getting on this sweet-ass boat. There's space in the covered wagon. There's there's also one, like, shotgun spot next to Mauve. So does anyone call shotgun? I sort of assumed Mako would. Yeah, actually, Mako is going to go call shotgun. Okay. But as you walk, something kind of happens. No. Something pretty bad. Oh, good. What? The pounding inside of Jacques' veins has kind of laid down a little bit. But it suddenly spikes up a second time. And Jacques, you are debilitated. What? Oh, what? Jacques, how do you respond to being debilitated? Chuck uh, is just going to sort of get into the back of the wagon. Like, well, I'm very glad we, we all got out. And then he's just going to sort of go limp and, and just sort of like fall off the bench onto the floor. And just sort of wiggle around there for a second. Like, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Oh, I'm, I'm okay, everyone. I just can't really move very well. And he's going to try and climb back onto the bench, which I guess he can do because he still has speed. Uh, give me a roll. Give me a roll. Okay. All right. All right. Heart of the cards. That was very messed up. <laughs> it rolled on top of my other dice and almost landed on a one, but then it like got fell into a crack. Oh, almost. Oh! I'm noticing a pattern here, Jacques, if that is your real name. What do you know? I got a 17 just like last time. <laughs> All right, you slowly climb your way onto the bench. And as you do, Mako looks back at you for a second. He's like, hey, son, you all right? No, actually, that's why we wanted to see you. have got the spiders in me, the apocrita. He turns over to Mauve and turns back to you and says, oh, well, today is not going well at all. <laughs> and he clamors, he kind of clamors behind, uh, he clamors over the shotgun thing into the back cabin area. And he looks around, he's like, uh, one of you uh, keep Mauve company, will you? I'll do it. Okay, Hop, you're going to climb up to the front seat. Yeah. And he's going to turn over and he's like, all right, I need you, son, I need you to lay down. That's what I'm already doing, man. <laughs> All right, uh, someone, someone, and he points to Misha. Uh, you, can you grab my legs for a second? Misha's going to confusedly do so. All right, Misha, you are going to grab Mako's legs as he opens a panel on the ground and basically dumps somehow his entire body down through this hole. And you're grabbing his legs. It's a lot of responsibility. <laughs> and as you're holding on to this man, you're keeping his life in check. Uh, you turn over to Jacques, sitting there writhing in pain. And you remember. Oh, yo. You remember Obsidian Bay. You remember seeing the spiders in Rhubarb. You remember going to Charmande. You don't remember everything. Okay. But you do remember Jacques. Okay. Well, then, as soon as that happens, Misha's case is going to go really wide. Shock? Shock? Ah, hey. Shock, are you, what, are, are, are you okay? Your, your hallucinations, you, I, we, I tried to save you, and then, what happened, are you okay? Hey, you're all, you're all right. I told you I, I was coming back. It's gonna be okay now. Is it, it's, it's you look, your life energy seems very low. It's fine. Everything's fine. Shock. Well, you know, since we're running short on options, would you mind playing a song for me? Oh! 
everything's fine. Uh, so, uh, yes, yeah, sure, of course, I, I will certainly do so. tried to protect you and and I couldn't do it I I am I'm, I'm, I, I Misha is going to yell at Mako I'm going to be like you can fix this right you you are going to fix sock right he's gonna come up and you can see his glove has now been augmented with like it's like a Swiss army glove now yeah. it's got like a fork and like a scalpel and a bunch of million things poking out of it and he's gonna look at you kind of deadly serious and you can tell he's worried for a second and he's gonna put him a smile and say it's my job isn't it and he turns over to you, Jacques. He's like, all right, son, this is going to be rough. I need you to let me know that it's okay before I do it. It's okay. And as you say that, Jacques, your might, your speed, and your intellect all drop to zero, and everything goes dark. And Mako turns around to everybody and says, all right, everybody, this is going to be rough, but we can make it out of here. And he turns over to his wife in the front seat, and he says, Mauve, punch it. It's like an Iron Man hand, right? That's what Iron Man does.